0: Hello, this is Kenya podcast preacher. Welcome back to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in and through our lives. The title of this message is, Life Coach This. Okay, so now this is funny, as to how this message came about. I was thinking this morning as I had just completed the message titled, The Lost Prophetic Word, about which of the 150 sitting in my queue messages I would start to develop next. Three new ones popped up in the toaster. Born Again, Then Let's Act Like It, The World We Know Has a Concentration Camp, or Continuing to Work on the Message Title, You Are in the Same Battle That God Is In. But then, and of course this always happens when I whisper to God what's next, and but let's wait right here a minute. I want you to know that I do not wake up and pop into my seat and try to think of what things I will be saying to this very awesome audience this morning. No, I really try to get the heartbeat of God for the next message. Yes, it is possible that sometimes I can get in his way. He did, after all, make me a bit of an accelerator guy. I like to get things done, so waiting is a bit of a challenge for me. And you know that because I stated it, God will be working on me to be that guy that can wait to the very last minute. Yes, I used to wait until my very nerves stressed me to unholy actions. I, even in this very season, am learning to invite God into every one of my decisions. And I do want this to be so, because in absolute truth-getting, his results always net his fruits. I want to be fruitful because he wants me to be fruitful. Okay, so back ahead of when I stated, but then. He gave me this title, Life Coach This. Well, that's it for today. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So I'm like flooded with ideas as to where to take this message. But in and through all that mind hubbub, there is a core of the topic staring right at me. So a bit of history. Life coaching formally emerged during the 1980s and grew in popularity through the 1990s and 2000s. Some of the earliest life coaches focused on life planning, but the field eventually grew to encompass other life areas including relationships, finances, careers, health, and overall well-being. Sounds great, doesn't it? Now, before I go down this road, which may invoke an alien response, I should but tell you right out the gate what I just saw. Okay, so as I was typing this stuff out, which I got from jsheddycoaching.com I saw the counterfeit gospel. Now, hold on for you Christian life coaches. A counterfeit gospel gives the appearance of benefits of the true gospel. And, but in addition to that, it bursts a new argument into the minds of the unsuspecting, which is that, hey, if this here life coach can help me to get to the Jesus gospel benefits, then why should I consider this Jesus guy at all? Paralleling the gospel is not the gospel. Now here is a nail on the head for many of us. Ready? It is not being considered wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. If you teach someone the principles of this new life coach religion, if the person could benefit from being healed from a Jesus touch. Eating broccoli or more salad or all organic anything will not kill cancer like commanding the demon of cancer to leave at once. Now please hear what I'm saying. We have the Bible and everything we need is found in that Bible. Listen, relationships, finances, careers, health, and overall well-being is all covered in the Bible. Look and listen again. So I have a story to share. It was this lady who had entered a prayer line at a tent meeting where William Brannan was ministering. And she went up and asked for healing in her body. Okay, so now pay attention to this process and consider what actions you might take in this very same situation as a life coach. And no doubt you should ask yourself if it is even possible to get the same clean results that Jesus' method got. So William knew in his spirit, by the angel who so very often accompanied him in his ministry, that this lady was not being forthright. He would always, or at least most often, say to the people, as they were lining up, to be sure that they had confessed and repented from any sin, and to be sure that they were good with God. You would be surprised at how many people miss such critical instruction, as typically they are yacking away when in church, because they do not understand the reverence of God. Oh, that they might stand in His presence just a minute on this earth, before it's too late. Well, why ever she ended up in this situation is regardless, because God used it to wake up all the rest, so that his power could do its full intended work. Now that's something you want in your church, right? Get the people quiet in soul, spirit, and mind as you set the stage for him to be able to enter into your presence. In straight language, peeps, shut up when you enter into the sanctuary, especially if the worship is already started. The answer for your whatever issue is waiting to see if you have an appetite to see and experience him in that time. Sorry to be so direct, but I'm telling you that we are losing our reverence for the things, and especially for the presence of God. He hungers so much for your attention, son and daughter. So are you a believer in Jesus? He asks her. She says, why, yes, I am. But so now that she is playing games and apparently is unfamiliar with the Ananias and Sapphira story found in Acts 5, 1-11, He tells her why, yes, you do, but all is not right with your relationship with him, as your fellowship is broken with him. Hint peeps, this is why she's standing in the sick line. All we need to discover is how she got sick. Let's go on. Because she thought it's okay to lie and play games with God, and this man of God, he, no doubt in a strategic move, went ahead and revealed her lie. least she dropped dead right there on the stage. Oh, and others have in his ministry, as they thought him a mockery. So he tells her that she is sick because she is in sin, and sleeping with another man, other than or in addition to her husband. Have you ever heard this type of testimony in a church? If if it happened, perhaps more people would not be in this position that we are in today. No, there is no perhaps. The church would be more alive and active. We are in this position because many, way too many pastors, have become life coaches, rather than ministers of God and His power. So no doubt this woman now knew she was standing very near the throne room of God, as this little man of God revealed the secrets of her heart and shouted it from the rooftops. So in response to this revelation, her husband, who was sitting in the crowd, jumped up and ran for the stage. Was he going to try and correct the man of God? Was he going to rescue his embarrassed damsel from the tyranny of the man of God? No one really knows, but when the Ashers tried to stop him from getting on that same stage, as a miracle of God was resting there, William stated, let him up. He then went on to cleaning up their house. He stated, no, let him up, because he too was with a red-headed lady last night, in this kind of car, and at that location. He told the couple that they were sinning not against God but against each other. He then told them to get behind the curtains on the stage and make it right with one another so that she can get her healing. What a church experience this would be. And oh, how we would be helped to release our secret sins to one another. That we would truly walk in freedom and healing. James 5, 16 Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Life coach this, and see if you get the same results. Sending someone away after a feel-good meeting, while they remain in their sin, is a heavenly crime that should not be committed ever so on this planet. Listen, we have become so compromising in our faith, that we are nearly all wired to call 911 before we ask the Father of Fathers, in whom there is no variation, who has already healed us 2,000 years ago. And yet we have come to say it is common sense to call nine one one. Why can they would have backed two thousand years ago had they had the option? No, and allow me to take you back in time to a girl and a woman who were in situations whereby all knew and believed they were in trouble, and that they had these issues. Now again, life coach this process in both cases and see where it falls short of the full gospel. Matthew 9, 18-26 While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Now while you're trying to figure out your next step in this life coach process, let's see how your next patient is doing. Verse 20 And suddenly, a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now as a life coach, you will have to set up a plan to deal with her relationships, finances, careers, health, and overall well-being. Because every one of these things, and more, was impacted by her near bleed-out. Oh, but if you read the whole story, you will see that her entire life was impacted. But maybe you think we should break these things down and deal with them one at a time, right? I mean, it's a lot for one person to recover from. And yes, in your plan, you can believe that you will have that client on your books for well over a year. Now her money, instead of going to the doctor's, will be going to your coffers. I know, the Lord is your provider and he would surely set up such a scenario, such as this one. After all, it was he who told you to become a life coach, right? Well, I know it's not all bad to be a life coach, especially if you are running for God and operating in his calling. And yes, his miracles, signs, and wonders, healing and delivering those who are afflicted by the devil. Yes, I could see then that this vocation would not then be an excuse for not doing these things. Now let's check up on your first patient. Verse 23, when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, make room for the girl is not dead but sleeping, and they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose, and the report of this went out into all that land. Hmm, what page of the All-Knowing Life Coach book can we find this on? My suggestion and the point of this message, which I think includes all kinds of other gimmicky trickeries that we decide to take up rather than a power gospel that will work miracles, signs, and wonders to a lost and dying world, rescue someone's finances at the cost of their soul, and what have you done? I wasn't born under a rock. Well, it was very near to a taxicab, but not a rock. I know many of us have to work, and perhaps life coaching is your means of making a living. Great. As long as you don't allow it to creep into your mind that it is sufficient to help people feel better, all the while their soul is hellbound. If ever there was a certificate you wanted to paste on your wall, it should be a certificate of Christianity. Now, so don't think that I'm attacking this particular vocation. I'm pretty sure that is actually not the point of this message. The point is to act, believe in faith, serve in love and grace, the peeps on this spinning rock first and foremost. But now having said this, I actually do know people who used to run for God like nobody's business. Oh, how they used to operate in healing, signs, and wonders. But then they found themselves in a sin crisis, and rather than returning to doing what God had called and equipped them to do, they became an unanointed life coach. Oh yes, and perhaps they can help people who need help with their relationships, finances, careers, health, and overall well-being, but the quandary will be to try to do so from a life coach position rather than from a minister's position. I mean, it is easier to heal somebody at a church than it is in your office. Oh, I hear the PR peeps saying, you will never be able to return to the ministry like you had, as everyone knows about your sin. Yep, and King David stopped being king because he murdered an innocent man after he impregnated his wife, while that man was off fighting for this very king. Nope. He stayed king. You see, in truth, anything we do to lift the weight of the world off someone, we could actually be keeping them from surrendering their all to Christ. Yes, we go and maybe send them away feeling better about their financial situation, but they leave unsaved and uninterested in listening to the voice that may have been crying from their financial wilderness. Why are we inclined to take up a parallel path to improving life? Life coaches won't, in almost all cases, have to go through persecution or having someone attack them for the name of Jesus. Maybe this is why. I don't know. It is really a false sense of security, and in my opinion, can be another gospel, which we were warned about. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script to kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Let's finish this work in our generation. Thanks and see you next time in Deep Waters.